0: Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast that I started because I can and I want to talk to people on the internet because it's socially acceptable and I think you enjoy it too. Anyways, guys, we got to plug today's title sponsor. The title sponsor of the podcast is Mr. Bill Duda at GoFastDon'tSuck. He supports us, so we support him. Uh, Go get your dry fire targets, your match jerseys. Uh, If you're a match and you need banners, go hit up Bill, and he probably will get you the best price in the market because – He's fabulous and we love him for it. So go check out GoFastDon'tSuck.net. suck.net. Tell him Manny sent you. Move on with your day and have a fabulous one as you're listening to this podcast. Without further ado, let's get to today's guest. Today's guest, Mr. Chris Jenner of the from the channel of Chris from the 714. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. Thanks for
1: uh the invite. This is I've been looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're probably one of my most loyal listeners. It seems like, and uh, we just both happen to do media, so it's might as well get this over with, right? Yep. Even though you're from Ohio, but it's yeah. okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You you destroy us in all sports, so it's it's fine. But yeah, so uh, Chris, for people who don't know you, who are you, and how did you uh, even start on this shooting thing? Um. So
1: how I I grew up on a game reserve. Um, we moved out there when I was eight years old. So I was pretty much raised around guns and hunting. Um, my dad was a pretty big hunter and, uh, that was pretty much my childhood. We had a game reserve on one side of us and all farmland on the rest of us. So yeah, pretty outdoorsy kid. And, um, how I got into competition shooting is kind of a, it was kind of a weird story how I got into that. I was, I was a member of one of the local gun clubs and we had to donate 12 hours of time per year to the Mm -hmm. club. That was part of the membership. And uh, so I, I chose to donate my time to the UBR matches, which is ultimate bench rest if people that don't know what UBR stands for. And one of the biggest reasons I did that was because I knew those guys were big reloaders. And mm-hmm. I was kind of new into reloading and I wanted to pick those guys brains because, uh, you can always get pretty good info from bench rest shooters. So, mm-hmm. um, during that time, I met a guy named Glenn who, uh, was a three gun shooter and he invited me to come shoot a three gun match with him, And I did that and it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And, uh, During that three-gun match, I ended up meeting my best friend, Keith, who I travel around doing most of my USPSA shooting with, and he had invited me to a place called Dog Valley, which is a gun club that doesn't exist now, and my first match I shot there was Falling Steel, and I really enjoyed that. And I went back the next month, shot another falling steel. And on the drive home, Keith asked me, said, you want to try USPSA? And I said, sure. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what it was. And uh, so I, w- I came home, watched some videos, and I thought, this is going to be fun. I'm so used to just standing in one spot, shooting at you know, static targets all the time. And now I'm going to get a chance to learn how to move around shooting through ports and around barrels and walls. And uh, so we went back to dog Valley the following month and that's how I got into USPSA and that ended up being my favorite. And I pretty much just shoot USPSA and that's it
0: now. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Now you said you grew up near a game reserve or on a game reserve. What was that reserve um, uh, typically stocked with? Uh, A lot of white. I mean, it a lot of white deer out there, mm-hmm. um, coyotes,
1: um, just a lot of rabbits,
0: squirrels, you know, typical animals in central Ohio. Yeah. So, so typically people would come and hunt white-tails there, essentially.
1: Yeah. So it was, you know, it was all public hunting ground. So yeah, during deer gun season, it'd get a little crazy out there, just cars and trucks parked everywhere.
0: Yeah, and then at every hour of, you know, the day, right, the people who go up, go out before sunrise and don't come out until sunset. Yeah. It's too, that it's, it doesn't matter what temperature, it's too cold for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, I'm assuming you took you took your first ga- uh, deer there? Oh, uh, no, actually, I didn't,
1: I wasn't much of a deer hunter as a kid growing up. I pretty much would hunt rabbits, squirrels. Uh, I love shooting groundhogs. I'd spend the whole spring um uh, just going around the block shooting groundhogs in the farmer's fields uh i actually i never shot my first deer till i believe 2018 was when i finally decided to go on a deer hunt
0: oh wow that's kind of impressive because of you know living on a game reserve you'd think they'd be like oh that's the first thing we're gonna do right
1: yeah yeah no we um my dad my dad would bow hunt a little bit
0: um mm-hmm. during
1: deer season but yeah we just weren't a big deer
0: hunting family yeah which is yeah i need my family is but i never really was i just i, I didn't i always fell asleep in the deer blind that's mm-hmm. usually how I go to always be sitting next to my uncle and i he'd be waking me up like to see that I'm like no i was asleep leave me alone <laughs> but you go out you know you go sometimes you go out just for the the companionship or you know make them feel better right oh yeah yep so no and i actually didn't know what uh ubr was because I- i'm not a fud no just kidding i i just <laughs> didn't know about ben- ventress shooting well i mean i knew there was you know bullseye or you know all these different disciplines you know but right didn't know what ubr is in for so that's kind of cool yeah I- that you're probably correct they know a lot about reloading that nor i will ever know <laughs> yeah they were they had some weird things like some
1: guys would only store the ammo in the case upside down or some of them had to be pointing straight up and I even saw a guy one time that had reloading equipment right there on the bench like if he had to make an adjustment on something yeah they were really really
0: picky with their but
1: reloading. I'm assuming it'd be like
0: a single stage right or was it yeah. a turret yep yeah. yep yeah. oh thank you I mean I could understand using a single stage or a turret but like taking it to the range with you and look at all that crap yeah,
1: and it wasn't, I can't remember what the name of that press was. Um, I asked that guy about it one time, and I think it was made by Lee. It was a real little compact, like, portable unit.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: um, yeah, they those guys were
0: way over the top on reloading. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have a preference on which way the the, the cartridges go in the, the plastic cases, purely for the fact that they're easier to grab, in my opinion.
1: Oh, yeah, especially nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. I can't get my big hands down in there and grab that round nose bullet.
0: Yeah, I gotta, I gotta grab the rim and I just chuck them in. But I also, yeah. I, I would put, I'm a wuss. I gotta use the loader. Yeah.
1: Well, I use the uh, ETS um, mag loaders too, so I can just slide that strip right across the case when and grab ten of them at a time.
0: I know. Okay, that's something I never thought about. That yeah. actually makes really sense, you know, especially if it's just in the case. Yeah. And then you just got to remember you count to 20 and then maybe a hand load a couple and then you're done. Yeah. So that's really cool. So when did you decide to start a YouTube channel? Uh, So how the YouTube channel actually got started. So when
1: I, when I got into the USPSA, there was four or five of us guys that were always traveling to every match together, shooting together, just a bunch of friends. We were going to have a good time. We'd always squad together. And my son, would travel to those matches and film us so he was always in the background with a camera filming the match and i would go home and edit those videos and then send them to the guys when i was done editing the problem was we were sending these videos through like instagram messenger or facebook messenger so the video quality was like completely degraded by the time the guy got his video mm-hmm. so we started uploading them to Dropbox and then I would send a link to the guys say, Hey, you can download your video. Now when you're done, just let me know you downloaded it and I'll delete it off my Dropbox.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, half of them couldn't figure out how to do that. So (laughs) finally I was like, let's just start a YouTube channel. I'll start up a channel. I'll upload all the videos. They'll be in 4k. You can share the links, you know, on Facebook, Twitter, any social media, if you want to share it, so your friends can watch it and you can log in at any time and watch your videos. So that was actually how the YouTube channel started was,
0: it was just a place for us to put our match videos. It's actually really smart. I never thought about that. Like, you know, I have one guy just taking all the video and then just posting it onto a YouTube channel. Yeah. Or even you can keep it private. You know, you just send the link out and you know, they can watch it. Yeah. So that was, that was how it started.
1: And, um, I, later on, I had, uh, how I started making content was, um, I had a high point 10 millimeter carbine. And one of the biggest downfalls to those are the 10 round mags. Mm -hmm. And I had heard on some forums that guys were taking the red ball mags, which are the 20 rounders, but they only make them for nine and 45. And somebody had got one to feed 10 millimeter out of the 45 mag. So I was at a local gun store. I was looking through the magazines. I found one. I got it home. I started messing around. I put some 10 mil in it, but it kept popping back out because of the feed lips. (laughs) So I started doing some tweaks on it and I thought, you know, I ought to just do a YouTube video on this. No one has a video on how to do this. So I'll do a video and show people how I got 10 millimeter to feed out of this 20 round 45 cal mag. And I posted that video and a bunch of people started watching it. And uh, I came home and I told my wife, I'm like, I kind of enjoyed making that video. I think I'm going to start doing content.
0: And that was how I got started. Mm-hmm. So would you say that video is your most successful or is one really taken off then?
1: Uh, no, there's more that are more now that are more successful than that was, but that was just a video. I got a lot of comments on it. People, you know, were saying, Hey, this helped me out. I didn't know I could do this. And, and, uh, so it was, it was just cool. It was kind of satisf- satisfying to, had made something that helped a bunch of people out and, uh, I was hooked on it from there. So I started, that was the beginning of the YouTube journey. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, if you had to pick one of your videos, which one would have been your favorite one to make? Oh, man.
1: I'm going to say it's one that I haven't even posted yet. That I, It's done. It's edited. Um, one nice thing about having a YouTube channel is people like to let you borrow their guns because they mm-hmm. want to see them on YouTube. Yeah. So um, even though I shoot the PCC division and USPSA, I love shooting open guns. So, okay. um, a few weeks ago I had a Phoenix Trinity poncho loaned to the channel and I took it to the range and it was set up to run nine major. And, uh, I got a smile on my face the whole time in that video. I can't, it's, that gun was just amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, that is pretty cool. Now, uh, was, that one was set up for a lefty, I'm assuming.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's a nice thing too. The guy that I get, I borrow the open guns from is left-handed, so.
0: Right, because, yeah, it's very uncommon to, you know, someone to be have a left-handed gun. Now, is the mag release on the proper side for a left hand? No, year?
1: not on the Phoenix Trinity. So, now, the main gun that he used, which I reviewed a few months ago, was a uh, Lone Star Customs. Mm-hmm. And I do believe it did have the mag release on the, on the
0: le- you know, our side. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, on the left-person side. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's definitely the one dis you know disadvantage to twenty elevens or nineteen elevens. They they don't really come left hand friendly.
1: Yeah, yeah. This the both of them had the gas pedal over on the on the left hand for me. Um, both of those guns were super nice, but the but the honcho was definitely um, my favorite out of those two. Mm-hmm. Biggest mistake I made that day though I was reviewing two 2011s. I was doing the Phoenix Trinity and the Staccato P. Yeah. and i should have shot the staccato p first because after putting the phoenix trinity away i'm like yeah this isn't as much
0: fun yeah it never really is right when you like are you you're, you're custom you're shooting a custom or a raced out gun you know for uspsa or something it's super competition focused and then you pick up like a stock Glock or something you're like uh can we not <laughs> but i mean this is usually how it goes right like or there's a trigger you haven't touched like when you're you know you haven't, you haven't gunsmithed this trigger yet then it's like this needs a lot of work and then you've got the one that you've already messed with and it's beautiful and yeah it's a cheater gun but yeah so that's i'm excited my 2011 will come come soon i'm hoping soonish yeah i knew you were gonna be
1: moving to open
0: yeah and you know what the worst part is it, the guns the not the most like yes the gun is expensive right but it's all the other crap that then you have to think about that you have to buy because of the gun yeah. like you got to upgrade your reloading setup a little bit you know you got to have really good dies you gotta you gotta get a bunch of extra crap that you didn't think you needed until you buy an open gun right
1: now, are you gonna run nine major? Or are you gonna do thirty-eight super
0: comp? Or um, I'm gonna be in the nine major boat. Um, from people I've talked to, and what my builder, you know, recommends, and what he builds is, you know, nine major guns. So it was appealing to go think about thirty-eight super comp. But the fact is, you can't find brass hardly at all nowadays due to yeah. COVID. It's like it's not even worth shooting. And if you go to a range, if you get an indoor range friend who likes you and like this works there, they can pick all the brass for you, and then you just take it home. i I wish i I wish i had time to go work at a gun store that had a range to then just claim brass (laughs) don't even pay me just pay me in brass
1: (laughs) i didn't know much about 38 super comp last year and um when i was i was spotted up with hider and he was picking up his brass like and i was asking him like he goes try to find 38 super comp brass right now chris he said it's impossible so
0: mm-hmm. oh it is but, and it's horrible yeah. but now you know how the ars have those uh, brass bags that you, you know can hook up onto the picatinny yeah they need to find a way to like hook it to your arm and then you can you can <laughs> tune the ejection pattern like right in there so it just picks them all up that would be perfect my eyes are really good at finding super comp though just because it's like ooh super comp yeah but shit, like, you, you clean it and you sell it, it's like 15 cents a case.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's expensive.
0: But people will buy it. Oh, yeah. It. Oh, I know people. They'll, they'll buy it, which is great. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Mr. Hyder, it's kind of cool. He's now with uh, MPA and uh, your son. Didn't he do the photos and videography um, after he got his jerseys and whatnot?
1: Yeah, he did. We, uh, I I I've, I've shoot with Hyder a few times a year. He, he only lives about 50 miles south of me. um he's a good friend i i really enjoy shooting with him um we were at a crawford just shooting a local match um he was getting tuned up for i don't remember if it was an area match he was going to um but he was trying to get some practice in and um i talked to the match director and i said hey when we're done could we leave a stage set up and shoot some video and pictures and he was super cool about it. So yeah, it worked out good. So Andrew and me and my son, we all went over there about a half hour and just
0: kept shooting the stage with the cameras set up at different places. And it was a good time. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's always the best with the map director's cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't gotta worry about, oh no, it's gotta be super safe. But I mean, I I mean, I understand that too though. But that is cool. You know, it's, worked out for him and yeah he just got his fancy jerseys and i think he was going to tennessee if i remember right that time frame he was going to tennessee yeah yeah so now how many close to you what you've got cardinal crawford and what briar rabbit
1: yeah so briar i shoot a lot at briar that's two hours south um crawford's crawford used to be the closest it was a about a 35 minute drive for me Mm -hmm. but cardinal now is like 25 minutes away so uh, gonna be pretty exciting next year especially with them hosting two nationals i'm gonna be able to go there and do a lot of filming and stuff so Mm -hmm.
0: oh yeah that'll be definitely nice you know you don't even have to shoot even though they have the wrong divisions in alabama i'm just gonna say it now they should have put open and pcc at cardinal because it was close
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: so it'll be
1: it'll be fun um I kind of, I love shooting Buckeye Blast at Briar Rabbit, but I think, I think it's going to be a good time at Cardinal. And um, Dan and Corey, man, I mean, they're just doing amazing stuff with that club down there.
0: Oh yeah. Like, you know, they're, they shoot, they shoot steel challenge and USPSA on the same weekend. And it's like, they're doing a lot of events there, like locally for them, which is awesome. They're getting tuned up for the Buckeye in May uh so it'd be exciting to see how that goes i know i know they posted it on practice score so but it, i don't think it opens up until january yeah well that's pretty it's it's exciting because you know dan's gonna be a max director slash range master i think i think if it's still correct on uspsa so but I'm excited too. I'll come down to Ohio, even though it's like sacrilege. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird to come south of the border into that state. Oh, Indiana's fine, but it's when you go into Ohio territory, it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, so a <sighs> brain fart. But hey, we're okay. Um, have you taken any like pit, um, shooting classes at all?
1: Uh I've only taken one class. I took some. Uh, pistol training from a guy who was trained by Bob Vogel um, just a local guy here but really that's about it um, I've been fortunate that I guess i've I've just learned a lot watching other shooters through the years um, you know I've only been doing this for three years now but I've been lucky enough to uh, I get to shoot and hang out with a lot of guys that are mastered shooters and GMs so it's it's cool to just pick everything apart watch what they're
0: doing and try to learn some stuff oh yeah absolutely and it's got to be nice you know you have Caleb Smith kind of close what uh Anthony Zabonik who'd been shooting PCC or what Zambrisky? yeah, yeah. Yep, right yeah. Zam- so you get all these great shooters locally which is nice I mean unfortunately up here we don't have the depth of field like it is in Ohio like we might have a couple masters in AGM or two, but it's not like they come to every local. So yeah. the guys winning the match are like B class or A class. And it's like, this is not a true test. This is not a true representation of performing at a major match.
1: Yeah. Like I, when we were talking earlier in the beginning of the interview when I was talking, when I was talking about dog Valley, Um mm-hmm. when that was the first place I shot, like my first, Probably four or five USPSA matches, and it was a who's who of who was going to show up down there. I mean, that was the first time I got to watch Vleager shoot in person. And when you're a when you're just starting out in USPSA, and you see a guy like that, you're like, you, you're like, is this guy an alien? Like, is this even humanly possible to shoot this fast, man? <laughs> um that's where I met Chris Keen, Ben West, um, both of those guys, Phoenix Trinity shooters. Um, that's where I met Hyder. That was the first time I met Hyder was at dog Valley. Um, and he was squatted up with Chris up your way. Uh, I don't want to butcher his last name Arache.
0: Yeah. Man bun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um,
1: I, I don't even know how I ended up falling
0: on that squad that day, but that was a who's who of, uh, good shooters there yeah and then you know they all do their nerd talk about you You know like oh we got to go over here you got to lose time over here it's just like like we're just gonna go shoot the stage i mean yes i mean most people think about those things but yeah i agree like watching like those like those top level guys like vlieger and heider uh shoot it's like and crazy it's like how 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 do you move that fast like yeah although i will say when i first i uh, got introduced to, An- to andrew uh all i saw was his face and his beard um, because it was on like a, a conference call so you see his, his beard and his face so you're like oh he's got a long beard he's gonna be a big dude you meet him in, i met him in person at the 2020 Rhine rocks he's like the shortest yeah. thing ever i'm like wait who are you <laughs> yeah
1: yeah he we does. we definitely look funny standing side by side that's for sure
0: yeah yeah but you never know you know you never know who you're gonna meet on the range right you're gonna meet you know X racers, you know, gynecologists, you know, accountants, you know, janitors. Oh, yeah. That, Doctors,
1: that... lawyers. I mean, it's yeah, it's amazing all the friends and
0: mm-hmm. people
1: that I've met in different professions and
0: yeah, and, and every, everyone's super friendly, it seems like, you know, that comes into the sport, you know, they, they want to make everybody feel welcome. Yeah. I mean, unless you're ha- unless they're really having a bad day, usually everyone wants to make you feel welcome. Yeah. No, nope, I got to meet Chris, what, I met Chris this year at the Michigan Sectional. We, I started on his stage, of course, and so that was the wonderful thing. I was like, oh, great, we're starting on this state, and that was the wrong stage to start on. Yeah. It was like, it was a not a complete disaster factor, but it was like, there was a 25-yard bobbing t- target with a no-shoot on it. It was like, you had to pick all the mags up off of barrels, and it's like, oh, this is no fun. Like, this is like the wrong stage to pick to start on. Yeah. But you don't know that when you sign up on practice score for what state, you know, you just pick, oh, squad 25, that works. Sunday at stage five. Yeah, wrong. Wrong idea. Yeah. And then by the time you realize it, uh, it's too late to move squads. Because <laughs> you can't get everybody to move to the same squad.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, and there's like a whole different level of pressure too when you're shooting those bigger matches like that. like mm-hmm. I remember my first major, I just jumped in with both feet, went straight to
0: area five and that was just crazy like and that that was down in kentucky right the first year yeah. of kentucky yeah yeah Leif puts on a good match and that i just wish that uh, it was less rocky down there <laughs> well that
1: and the it we the day we shot on sunday it rained for eight and a half hours just See? the whole the entire match it just rained and ran
0: never stopped yeah, that yeah. that definitely kills the mood, especially like when you don't put. Pre- well, you probably were prepared for rain, but not that prepared for rain. Right. Yeah, we had
1: the tarps, you know, to put over the carts and the rain gear and all that, but it was just
0: uh, it was just wet all yeah. day. It was just miserable. Oh yeah, that's that's no fun, not at all. Now you shoot. You said you were talking about you shoot PCC. Uh, what you want to tell the listeners what PCC or what mods you have done to it? Ah. Uh. <laughs>
1: I shoot a little bit. Um, I probably shoot a gun that most PCC shooters don't. Um, I run a Rigger PC carbine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in a tandem cross chassis. Um, I it's all modified for left hand, so it's got a jawbone tactical left hand mag release on it. I had a guy make me um, a left handed safety, um, which basically was made for a Rigger 1022 that was fitted for it um i run an mbx comp um i ran a Holosun 510c red dot on it forever but when i got uh, when monstrum tactical came along and started sponsoring my channel i started running their uh started running some of their dots tested different ones out and uh, now i'm running the marksman one by 20 uh prism actually on it mm-hmm. um it is converted to run glock mags, so i don't have to mess with the so i run clock 33 round factory mags and then i have my main mag that i use is the uh mbx mini so it bumps my 33
0: rounder up to 47 rounds oh that's nice then yeah that's a pretty cool setup though I, yeah most i wouldn't expect a ruger pc carbine to be shot in uspsa but at least you're smart and it takes clock mags
1: yeah and it it run. It really It was running very reliably. I I ended up having to do a complete rebuild on it this year. It had about twenty five thousand rounds through it, and stuff was just starting to wear out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a complete rebuild on it back in September. It's running just like it did a new now, but um, mm-hmm. I never had any issues with it up till about August, and it was just time. A lot of parts needed
0: swapped out on it. Yeah. Now, did you ever have issues with brass ejecting onto your arm? Being left-handed. Oh yeah, yeah. When I when I come home, I always got a nice powder burns all up and down my arm right here. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's got to be the one downside of really being a lefty is like you're just your arms getting smoked with brass. <laughs> yeah. If it's, if it's a if it's an AR or a, a carbine or a 22, it's it's not. I am outside.
1: ready to build. Um. An AR, I definitely want to do the AR9 now. I, I'm hoping this winter I'm gonna get one built. Um, I one of my live shows, I did an interview with uh Mike Seifert, Corey Shield and uh Zabonic were all on. Mm-hmm. And uh Mike was kind of hinting around at something, and I didn't want to say anything about it. And then a few weeks later it popped up on Da Vinci's Instagram that they were gonna make a dedicated left hand lower so um in fact if they do end up doing that i will definitely be buying that lower and getting started on building one yeah
0: it'd be interesting if they built the whole left hand gun but the problem is that the charging handle still wouldn't be on the correct side for you right because i don't think you could build out that side of the gun without it blowing up no no i don't know how i'll
1: we'll, how will uh, do that but um i was kind of exciting to see that and uh, that, and I just went around. I want to call it Corey's roller delayed systems too.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah, Corey's a cool. Well, both Corey's are cool, dude. Mister Katz and Mister Shield. I got to talk to Mister Shield again. I talked to him at Area Five, but uh I got to get him at some point to chit chat. But oh, he'd be a great.
1: Yeah, he's he's fun. You'd have good
0: time interviewing him. Yeah, I when I met him at Area Five, he told me he told me before the make ready. He's like, my gun's really quiet. I'm like, that's fine. I'll be up your ass, but I will not be in your way. Yeah. So because he wasn't getting a reshoot out of me. I was up there. I was, I got his time. Which it, it's that's always fun when they when they someone gives you a challenge. Essentially it's a challenge. Just, just make sure you don't fuck up, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I met Corey uh DSS up at Dynamic Shooting Sports. That was uh first first time I met him, and then uh he ended up he was shooting at Battle for the North Coast when uh I didn't shoot it that year. I was just down there doing some filming mm-hmm. and I got to talk with him.
0: But yeah, he's he's a good friend. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Now, how far is Battle the North Coast typically for you? Two and a half hour drive. Okay. Cause that is Not that's too bad. Is that at Crawford? No, that's at DSS or DS, yes, DSS. Yes.
1: No, it's at um a place called Crooked Creek, which oh, that's is right. just
0: a little further away than DSS
1: yet. But
0: yeah. yeah yeah i'm supposed well i talked to cory i'm supposed to be there for the battle of the north coast in 2023 we'll see depending on if i get if i can convince the wife to let me leave for nationals
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah dss is if you ever get a chance to shoot a match there or even to go to battle for the north coast because scott bb that runs dynamic um he designs some crazy hard stages mm-hmm. yeah he's he's very uh he puts a lot of time and effort into those stages to make them super hard for everybody
0: yeah and that's always fun you gotta you know make them challenging yeah make them fun last couple video years i've seen of the battle of the north coast stages always look pretty good too yeah And that's kind of the point for me in this 2023 is to shoot major matches, travel a little bit, you had to stay closer to home-ish. Yeah. Although I I wanted to go to Nationals this year, but I just couldn't make it work with all that going on. So. Yeah, Area
1: 5 was in your area this year, wasn't it? Yep,
0: it was at my home club, so I mean, only an hour away from my house, so I can't, can't pass that up. And luckily enough, it'll be in 2023 as well.
1: Yeah, and you guys do the Ryan Rocks up there too, and that's a really good match, isn't it?
0: Yeah, Ryan Rocks, yeah. They're about you no know, so for my house that's about an hour and fifteen. But yeah, Ryan Rocks is an awesome charity match uh to get some kids uh some kids in need who uh to get them into the outdoors. So That's cool. Yeah. Uh Jeffrey, Jeffrey Garrick puts on that match every year, and uh this year was the tenth annual, so we're gonna make the eleventh even better, so Yeah, so thanks guys for stopping through the middle of this awesome episode with Mr. Chris Jenner from Chris from the 740. It's been an awesome conversation, but we got to plug the sponsors of the podcast because without them, it's just not as official. But anyway, as you see behind me, title sponsors made by Go Fast Don't Suck. They make banners, match jerseys, everything you need, the memes to entertain you during your work week that are a little hurtful but true but anyway suck.net guys don't forget hunters hd gold brian's the hardest working man in the shooting sports uh he's fabulous he go to all these major matches um putting out great ideas for people and improving the vendor area so go thank brian at your next match then we've got dominate defense dominate defense.com guys Mach one speed belt combos 10 percent off manny talks 10 is the code use it Tell Jason I sent you and have a great day because they're fabulous belts. You will not burn one out, even if you're a heavy drive fire, heavy shooter. They're gonna last four to five times longer than any double alpha belt ever did for you. Next, we have DivTech, DivTech, DivTechShop.com for Manny Talk Shooting for ten percent off your whole order. So go get a three D printed magnet kit and uh, be happy because you can accessorize it in every awesome color that matches your rig because they're awesome and affordable go get them manny talk shooting gets you 10 percent off i need to buy more so hey there you go don't forget targetsusa.com targets usa is fantastic and makes the finest steel targetry on the planet steve anderson says it and so do i i'm going to use that thing all day long because it's true and jason wood makes awesome products for me and you i think the coolest thing right now is honestly those awesome activator stop boxes or push pads or the one that releases when you lift your foot off it it's amazing kind of cool it's innovative It's going to change the next match you go to. Um, Don't forget, we got Laugh and Load. Our friends over at Tony and Jackie over at Laugh and Load or the Pew Time podcast. uh, Fabulous friends of mine from the Chicagoland area. Um, Make sure you go get an AFT agent T-shirt, a Supreme Division Open Division shirt maybe because only shoot open. I mean, live by those words and you'll never go wrong. Uh, Don't forget rangepanda.com, Eric Steiner and Gianni Giordano. Great shooters, fantastic and innovating and making your life even better with your range equipment. So your press gets all the 3D printed accessories and CNC parts it needs from them. Don't forget to get all the awesome key tags that you need to identify your crap, because that is important when you need to identify your things from your friends' things. Don't forget, we've got Tim Heron Shooting at Shooting.com. Go get on Tim's schedule. Find a class near you. If not, um, better get on a list and tell him, hey, you want him in your area because he's filling up quickly for 2023. He might already be full. So get on twenty twenty four schedule and thank me later. He will take you to the next level. Then we don't forget, guys, Chile Custom Gunworks or ccgunworks.com. Go over there and tell him, man, he sent you, order some new parts for your Staccato. I hear Staccato just came out with a new gun. It might fit a grip. I don't know. But you need it because innovation. Anyway, metal grips are best. So go get your Prodigy or your Staccato souped up with a metal grip because you want to be bougie and flex on all your tech Timmy friends. Yeah, so guys, go over there. Check out the awesome sponsors of the podcast. They're fabulous, fantastic, and we can't thank them enough. So guys, go over there and thank you for listening to my commercial and me ranting about all these awesome things. But anyway, let's get back to the awesome conversation I'm having with Mr. Chris Jenner from Chris from the Seven Four O. So with the channel, um, do you just are you you're lucky enough to get enough pistols in from people and uh, whatnot and interview yeah. some things plus whatever you buy, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's nice. I've been picking up. I've picked up a lot of sponsors this year. Mm-hmm. so that helps with uh stuff coming in um you know Monstrom tactical they it was crazy how i got hooked up with them they i had bought i was building a 300 blackout rifle and it, it was going to be a budget rifle like i wanted to try to keep things on it cheap just to do a budget build and when it came down to the optic i was like i wanted to do an lpvo mm-hmm. i wanted one by six um i had a couple vortex strike eagles already, but I was like, I want to go even cheaper than that. Like this is, I want to try to make this gun as cheap as I can. So I ended up buying a Monstrum LPVO and I ended up really liking it, but I took a bunch of pictures and I put them on Instagram and Mm -hmm. I ended up getting a message from them, uh, asking me for an email address. They wanted to talk to me. So, um, guiding my rep there, Chris reached out And he said, Hey, we want to send you, uh, an optic for you to do some pictures and stuff with on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I was like, but I got a YouTube channel. Would you rather have me do a review? And they didn't, at the time, they didn't know I had the YouTube channel also. Mm -hmm. So, um, they sent out a, an optic and I did the Instagram pictures for them and then, uh, did an unboxing video, did a review and, uh, I didn't even have 500 subscribers at the time. And I I thought it was cool for a company the size of Monstrum to reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, take a chance and want me to work with them. So, and they've, they've been unreal to work with. They've, uh, when I hit a thousand subscribers, they sponsored the giveaway and they ended up giving away three optics to listeners on the live chat. And um, they just said, they send a lot of stuff and um you know and when you're a content creator it's you know it can get real expensive real quick when you're buying all the stuff i mean the ammo alone even reloading it gets expensive with primers and and
0: all that but um yeah but think about it if you were buying factory ammo for all your reviews think about how much more you'd be spending for less ammo oh yeah
1: and it's it's crazy because it's like I never get anything else reloaded, but not. it seems like all I'm ever doing right now is reloading nine millimeter because I'm in the middle of the competition here. Uh-huh. So I'm shooting matches and then doing reviews. And so it's just nonstop sitting down there reloading nine millimeter. I'm like, I really want to reload some rifle rounds, but there's no time right now. So uh-huh. that'll be my winter project.
0: Start getting stocked up on all my other ammo. Yeah, I like to use the winter time to only load ammo. I don't like loading ammo like during the season or at all. Like, like I will stop shooting matches because I don't want to load ammo. (laughs) It's like, like I really need to load me some ammo. Not doing it. Yeah,
1: I I do have to buy. I do buy quite a bit of factory nine millimeter just because most of the guns and optics that I'm reviewing are getting shot on a nine millimeter and. You get the viewers that are like, oh, well, you tailored that reload to work in that gun. And so it's nice when I, if I do go somewhere and I got some nine mil on sale, pretty cheap, I'll buy it uh, Mm -hmm. and then use that for test rounds on the channel just so people can see, yeah, CCI Blazer will run through
0: this gun or Winchester White Box or. Yeah. Now, because you started the YouTube channel prior to COVID, how bad did COVID affect you um, for your reviews? Um, really the
1: only thing that, luckily, I stocked up a ton on primers before COVID. So I had a really pretty good size stash build up. But the problem was when I started doing YouTube and shooting USPSA, I was going through them pretty quick. Um. So I kept buying them at outlandish prices, which we're still paying for them. But luckily, I was... Uh, with the Discord app and things like that, I was able to to get on them right away when they would come in stock, and mm-hmm. you know, I'd buy like five thousand of them at a time, have them shipped to the house, and uh, it didn't really affect me anyway, other than having to pay a lot more money for primers and factory ammo, you know, to test on the channel.
0: Yeah, it's like what it was like at one point. It still probably is just as bad as like what four times the cost for primers. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because when I first started reloading, I think I was paying like $3.99 a tray, and now you're paying $10.99 a tray.
0: Yeah. Well, you bought them in trays. (laughs) Well, just breaking it down. I mean Yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) It's like I mean, for a while at certain stores you can only buy two trays at a time. Mm.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that it's still that way at a lot of the local shops now. I mean,
0: one of the local stores I go to, you can only buy three trays a day so um, you got to go every day and maybe after the third day you'll get a thousand primers
1: yeah and you know and i was getting real like if i was going there to get something it was okay but like i, I knew guys that were making special trips and i'm like man the amount of fuel you're wasting just getting over there to get
0: some primers yeah no thank you <laughs> i'll pay the price online i guess right yeah that's what i did yeah i mean that's how it, it seems like it's going to be for a while still at least they're becoming available they might be expensive but they're still available
1: yeah yeah they're definitely easier to get now if you want to pay the money for them
0: yeah that's for sure now what are your uh, current goals for your uspsa shooting to start
1: uh i knew you were going to ask this question so when we went back to uh, i had a really good year in 2020 i I went to, I went up to DSS and they, they happened to have two, two classifiers that day. And I shot both those classifiers really well. And I finally got my B class that I was wanting because I didn't start shooting USPSA till I was 45 years old. So, um, I was kind of doing what I do for a living and everything. My body's pretty well beat up at this point, so I don't move around real quick. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but I made B class and The following weekend, we went to Briar, and that was my last match of the year in 2020. And they had an all-classifier match down there, and I went down there and I did really well in that. And so I finished out the year, I think, at like 66% on my B class. And I, going into 2021, I'm like, I'm gonna make A class this year. That's my goal. So I spent the winter, you know, down in the basement doing a lot of dry fire, doing a lot of mag changes and trying to get some speed built up and March 21, my world got flipped upside down. I, uh, I was part owner of a plumbing company
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was ready to leave. I just, things weren't going the way I wanted there. And uh, my partner and I just, were not getting along. And I was like, I'm 40 at that time I was 46. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to start over. And if I'm going to do it, I got to do it now because I'm not getting any younger. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I went out and started my own plumbing company without any partners. I didn't want anybody. I didn't want any funding. I just, I wanted it to be mine and mine only. And luckily it, it worked. It, it, it ended up taking off. It's super successful now, but there was so much involved in the startup of that and everything that my US, my 2021 year just went down the drain as far mm-hmm. as the USPSA went. And by the end of summer, I was like, kind of thinking about like, I think I'm just going to hang it up. Like, I think I'm just going to concentrate on my business and do my YouTube channel. Okay. And I took a pretty long break there. In fact, I, I don't even think I ended up shooting another match that year. But by the time winter rolled around, I was like, I want to, I miss it. I want to get back into it. So I kind of went in this year with, I wanted to do it just for fun. And it's, it's obviously good practice. I mean, when you got to, especially when you're shooting guns on a YouTube channel all day long, you got to shoot halfway decent. So um, Mm -hmm. it's good practice. I, you know, I don't, I would love to make a class this coming year. And I still, I think now I'm in a place where I can set my goal to get that. Um, so we just kind of see what happens. I, uh, I love the sport. I mean, it's, I'm just as big a big fan of it as I am shooting, you know, I'm one of those guys like all weekend I was online checking national scores and getting on everybody's yeah. Instagram. And, you know, it's, I just, I love, I love watching the other shooters. And, you know, that was a big reason I went to nationals this year was, I wanted to do some filming there. Um, mm-hmm. I had never got to watch a super squad shoot live before. So it was cool to go down and see, you know, Max and Nils and Quonsick and
0: Lockwood and all them guys, you know, it was JJ. It was really cool to be able to follow them around for a day and watch them shoot. Oh yeah. That is definitely cool. Especially when you don't have no pressure of shooting, you're just there to film and just take it all in. It's kind of cool. Yeah yeah now you know i asked you about the question about your shooting goals and about about your youtube channel what are goals do you have for that
1: um yeah i mean i want i want the subscriber count to keep going you know we're i'm i'm on the fast track now for i'm hoping here in the next 45 to 60 days we'll hit the 2000 mark and um get some more sponsors um I've had a really good month. I picked up Core Essentials; they're uh, sponsoring the channel now, so I'm doing a lot of reviews for their belts. And um, they're now they now they're they have a line of sunglasses out. Uh, they just sent a pair of those to review. I'm kind of trying to figure out how to do that because I shoot with Hunter's HD Gold; like I won't use anything but that when shooting. But I think they'll I'm going to figure it out. Figure out a way to, you know. I, I really like them, but it's mm-hmm. just yeah, Hunter's HD Gold is just on a different level when it comes to the shooting. And a lot, I mean, it's mm-hmm. the lenses, obviously. And yeah, um, but I just picked up Northtac Optics. Um, Tandem Cross sent some stuff once in a while for me to review on the channel. Uh, I work with ADE Optics now. Um, I've got affiliate stuff with Brownells and a bunch of other companies. So
0: mm-hmm. hopefully,
1: we keep getting some more sponsors on board get the subscriber count higher um keep interviewing a lot um i want to get some bigger name people on the live shows on wednesday nights to, mm-hmm. to talk to and and uh you know, i'm in it i'm in the youtube for the long haul
0: right yeah and you uh, i for some reason i subscribed and then evil youtube unsubscribed me from you which was a little odd but i mean they do that to each other every oh yeah i get that all the time and it's like you see all this cool content. And but yeah, though the Wednesday night lives are pretty cool. Um and you do you have a good group of people who are sometimes on there or like that you interact with like G Webs and I mean shit, he's been OG forever. Oh yeah. Like yeah. when you think talk about gun, you know, gun live streamers, it was like this will show my age and my little bit of fuddiness, but my Yankee Marshall date when I listened to him, uh he, he is a hoot though. I I looked him back up the other day and he's still a hoot oh driven. yeah
1: he's still going.
0: Yeah. yeah he he he's retired i don't know i can't remember what he did for like a living but he's still a hoot. yeah
1: it's it's really crazy this youtube journey's been wild um you know i did a i didn't know any of those guys that i that i interact with now like gwebs g23 all these guys that i'm on these shows with because not only am i doing my show on wednesday nights i'm you know, I get, I do a lot of guest appearances on four or five other chats and the funny part about this whole story was I did a review on a chronograph that I bought and Mm -hmm. this guy watched that video from my hometown and he was like, that guy's shooting at the gun range I shoot at. Well, I didn't know how deep he was into the YouTube game and he started telling his friends. So next thing I know I'm getting all these subscriptions like people are just subscribing and they're saying Jason sent me and I'm like who are all these people and Mm -hmm. then I got invited on my first live chat um, back towards the end of um, 21 and I went on a reloading show called Echo's Reloading Chamber. They wanted to talk to me about reloading and I got tied in with that whole group of reloaders and the next thing i know i'm doing the show the georgia shooting connection show and a bunch of other ones and it's it's really been cool that it's weird to say that you know you have these great friends that you've met through youtube but you've never met them in person like these guys we we talk on the phone we text back and forth all day um it's it's really like a big family over there and I was, I was lucky enough to get tied in with the reloaders. Um, and then from there, I stemmed into different channels. Like I started doing the uh, Saturday morning shows with Travis P 11 and, you know, he's a 50,000 subscriber channel and, um, you know, getting to meet G webs. I mean, he's just an amazing guy to talk to. I mean, he's been, like you said, he's, he's the original gun guy on YouTube and, and it's neat. Mm-hmm. to share a panel with him and chat with them. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride. I really enjoy it. And I, it's, it's a good time.
0: Oh yeah. And it's especially cool. Like, you know, you meet people, uh, you know, on the internet and it's, you know, you always are a little leery of meeting people you've never met on the internet. But then when you meet them in person, it's like you've known them forever. It's kind of like how I met my my buddy, Andrew, we started talking. I was listening to his live streams uh, from work, the trigger, and we were listening to those, and uh, eventually I was close enough for him. It was I still lived like three hours from him, but I drive down there. We shot a video together, collabed on it, and then we shot a USPSA match together. And it's really cool because it's it's just cool how you meet people and then eventually you hang out with them. So yeah, and that was something that I wanted to start
1: doing this year with my with my live show is being that as much as I am a fan of the USPSA. I thought okay now I got a lot of people watching this channel I got a lot of people tuning into this live show so I want to start introducing people to the USPSA and it it's it's been really cool I've gotten a couple viewers to come and shoot local matches with me for the first time and and uh you know I want to give it I want to have that outlet there to interview and talk to USPSA shooters and hopefully <laughs> get more people involved in it
0: oh yeah absolutely that's the best part too you know you just be able to involve everybody get them in you know because we're all one big group you know usually there's this some random divide between like rain shooters competition shooters and the tactical timmy guys that for some reason we all can't just get along yeah (laughs) yeah but but there's nothing wrong with just being a saturday morning plinkster right or you know the guy who's super worried about tactical scenarios and excuse me room clearing and whatnot i mean we all have guns right yeah and without that without you know just you, you know you remember back in the day when all the information you got was from a magazine yes yeah i mean just think about it if we were still there with like firearms like you know no one would know anything until like three months later yeah exactly <laughs> but shit now yes. you go now people like the humble marksman or uh, like or demo ranch or honest outlaw you know they're always posting about the newest gun the day it comes out yeah Yeah, and then you're driving up sales of all those different guns. I mean, I do want a prodigy, I don't know about you, but I want a prodigy.
1: I've got a a buddy of mine on YouTube that he just does 2011 content, Mm -hmm. and he took the prodigy, which it was they were having some issues with them there in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but um, he did some. It was like a three hundred dollar job that he does. Like you can send your prodigy to him, and he puts a bunch of Atlas Gunworks parts in it, and he gets this thing to run like a champ. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Now, okay, you live in Ohio, so you did have you met Vinny from Monsoon Tactical yet? No, not yet. You you, you got to find him at some range. He's he goes to Crooked. No, not Crooked. crooked. Is it Crawford? Maybe it's Crawford. Maybe he goes to Crawford sometimes you'll have to hit him up okay yeah
1: i'll check it out his name monsoon is, tactical you said
0: yeah monsoon tactical his name is Vinnie. i i have to look up his last name but it's Vinny, he, he shoots you know staccatos all the time and yeah you'll have to hit him up he's a pretty cool dude he he does a killer cerakote job and he's the one who invented the chunk port have you heard of that no the chunk port like originally it was just literally taking it out of the like so if, the, if my finger's like the front sight, they'd remove the front sight and just cut a, a giant milling across the barrel and slide. So make it like a giant one baffle compensator.
1: I wonder if we're talking about the same Vinny that worked at, there was south of me, there's a gun shop in Johnstown and there was a guy that, and that's what they were famous for was Cerakote work there. And there was a guy that worked there named Vinny and i'm Mm -hmm. wondering if that's him
0: maybe well i'll have to figure it out i'll have to find a picture of him or something and then we'll we'll figure it out but yeah because he's in ohio and he does some cool stuff like he does he helps sponsor the ohio range day have you uh do you know about the ohio range day
1: yeah so uh one of my best friends shot there this year Mm -hmm. um And he was trying to get me a media pass to go. And it was, I thought it was all set in stone. And then like right there at the, right there at the beginning of it, they were
0: like, nope, he can't, he couldn't come down. So I didn't end up going. Oh, damn. No, that's, you definitely need to try to go and uh, go to the Ohio range day and get some content. Cause that'll be some really good content. I think to get. Yeah. Cause,
1: uh, yeah, they, I think they did helicopter shoots and everything there this year, didn't they? Yeah, it was, it was
0: crazy yeah it's crazy for sure now that that's freaking awesome but uh i guess i don't have any more of those questions i have other questions i do let's go to the listener questions i did get two which was better than most some people's i get right um so from our our mutual friend jake walker um which do you like more filming or shooting uh definitely shooting Mm -hmm. yeah i always get mad when i would try to take like do a take on something and i I mess up one word in the middle and you absolutely can't cut it out <laughs> so you gotta yeah. redo the whole take and you're like <laughs> son of a bitch
1: yeah because i can't do the filming without the shooting part of it and if i had
0: to give one up i would definitely give up the filming before i would give up shooting guns yeah yeah that's for sure that's why we do it we like to shoot guns yeah but uh and then we got looks like from one of your subscribers actually she came over and posted a Uh, a question. Um, she fires. Um, what advice would you give to encourage others interested in competitive shooting?
1: Um, I I think sometimes I know that like before I went to like Area Five, I was a nervous wreck because we had to the day that the squad we ended up on, we were on like Army squad, so I had to shoot. (laughs) I had to shoot with Jacob Etherington all day long. Oh God. And I'm like, I don't even, at that time I hadn't even made B class yet. And I'm like, this is, and those guys were some of the coolest guys I ever got to shoot with. Like Jacob was, my son was there filming. He was talking to my boy, you know, and, and, you know, if you had a question or ask him. And I think, I think sometimes that's, people getting into it i think when they see you know when they're signing up on practice score and they see that gm and m and that Mm -hmm. um but i those guys are everyone's been like i I can say that even like with andrew hyder i mean he i've seen him just take people under their wing during a local match you know and he'll help anybody out Mm um so i if I know there's a lot of people that are kind of nervous to get into it, especially if they're watching these guys on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, but, um, everybody is super helpful and, you know, no one's there to make fun of you or anything like that. Everyone's just there to have a good time and shoot. And I, I that's just something I like to stress with people is like, just come out. It doesn't matter how high a level the guy on your squad is. He doesn't care about, you being a first-time shooter you know and chances are he's probably going to be helpful with
0: you you know all they're going to care about is that you're safe with a gun and that they're not going to get shot
1: (laughs) yeah don't want 80 (laughs) them yeah
0: exactly that's all they're worried about on your first time is that you have fun and you're safe like yeah and i mean and i love it to invite people out to the range i mean not a lot everyone takes me up on the offer to come out and shoot but but we luckily enough the group of people that i shoot with and squad at our local match it always seems like we get the new person out to the match. So we've got our couple of people who always like take them under the wing, give them a stage plan and tell them how to shoot the stage. And it's, it's awesome. Cause then we know they're kind of safe and that we've got the Eagle eye on them to make sure they don't do anything too drastic. Yeah. So that's cool. Now have there uh, been any, uh, any guns you've been eyeballing lately that you just kind of want to go out and buy? Uh
1: I don't have any right now at the moment, but the Walther PDP Pro was definitely um, one that I pre-ordered clear back in February and I didn't end up picking it up. I think it was July. I got really lucky with that gun too because no one on YouTube had done any reviews with it yet. And so I was out filming with that gun every single day, trying to crank out as much content on that gun as I could. Um, That's
0: the threaded barrel version, right?
1: yeah with the Magwell, and um it's got the new uh walther pro trigger in it um yeah i was i was gonna buy the canic rival and then when i i heard through the grapevine the pdp pro is coming out and i'm a big walther fan anyway that's like my fourth walther now Mm -hmm. um and i'm like i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait on that pro and i'm glad i waited on it i like the grip better on it than i do the canic Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um so yeah, I'm real. That was that was definitely one on the uh, the radar that I ended up getting. Um, I just shot. I just reviewed. Like I said, the Staccato P. Uh, that was gun one gun that I wanted, but after reviewing it, I'm I was. It's a great gun. Don't get me wrong, but I wasn't blown away by it. Mm-hmm. I, so I guess luckily I got to review one it was donated to the channel. Now I don't have to spend $2,500. So. Yeah.
0: Now knowing what you know now shooting it, would you pay the $2,500? No, no. Yeah,
1: no. And I did a little something different with that video. I actually ran it against a rock Island double stack, uh, the Tac ultra mm-hmm. and just kind of did a similar comparison to the two. And in all honesty, I, that was the deciding factor at the end. I'm like, I love both of these guns. But this one's $1, fifteen hundred dollars cheaper,
0: so yeah, it's kind of hard to beat a thousand. You know, well, I mean, besides that, the one takes like really proprietary mags. <laughs> yeah, and and that's my problem with Bull Armory. Not that they make a bad gun at all. It's the fact that they have to have proprietary magazines. Yes. Like, and when I was originally wanting to get into open, I was like, oh, I can spend thirty five hundred dollars. Like, I can save and scrimp for a while and get thirty five hundred bucks around, and then I'm like, oh, damn, they only take Bull mags, yeah. which which is fine. Except that you have to totally be 100 reliable on your own magazines. So, say a mag goes down in a match, you're SOL because you can't borrow another Open Gun Shooters mags. No, no.
1: Yeah, and you're not. I mean, even I, I see every now and then I'll squad with a guy shooting a bull armory, but they're not, they're not that popular yet. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't know if they're going to get more popular than what they already are, but. It's definitely a gun you don't see too many of them at at the matches locally
0: around here yeah well I mean, in my defense I shoot with a guy who shoots two bulls like he that's his gun like he's like I'm a bull guy right so he squads with me every match he's a buddy of mine so I always see him and it's kind of cool. that was my first introduction to an open gun but uh yeah they might well now that their dealer system actually works it seems like because for a while they just weren't bringing guns into the country. But now they actually have dealers and you can get a hold of a dealer and order a gun. I think they might become more popular.
1: I still haven't yet got to shoot one. I mean are they are they up there with the other open guns you've shot like
0: I mean they are I would call them still a production gun you know a production 2011 open gun now um I've been spoiled I guess I mean I've shot a bull, I've shot you know a couple custom guns that people have had made, but no real. They're kind of hard to compare, you know, because one's, you know, the bull is a little looser. It's a factory, you know, they make it, but those loosening some of those tolerances make it somewhat more reliable because kind of like the new MPAs, you know, they've got a little more slop, not slop, I should say there's a little less, you know, they're not as tight in the back, but it makes it more reliable. Right. So, I mean, there's the give and the take, right? Like, oh, it's going to be super tight forever. But you were like, you remember back in the day, less bears, right? Less bear 1911s that literally you had to like shoot to, you know, to actually function. Yeah. 500 rounds to get them to work. (laughs) I mean, I don't want a gun that tight because if it's that tight, that's going to be a pain in the ass. Like, you're going to have malfunctions just because you're breaking it in. Yeah. And I don't believe in a break in period. I think that's a load of bullshit. Be like, that's just because you didn't want to, like, make sure the gun worked before it came <laughs> Okay, exactly. You didn't want to guarantee the gun when I bought it. <laughs> yeah. But, so, I mean, the bull guns are nice. They feel, you know, they've got the different aesthetics. But every, but a lot of it's on aesthetics, I find, you know. so why people spend $11,000 on an Infinity. Yeah. Because they because they want the blink. They want the, the, the sparkle and the pizzazz. Pizzazz.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they are beautiful guns, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've definitely fondled plenty of good looking uh, infinities. That's for sure. So that's cool. So um, it's kind of insightful now um, for a lot of people. Well, my listeners don't know your Wednesday night lives. um, Do they typically have the same topic or with different people or do you try to dive into different topics depending on who's on?
1: yeah i really try to mix my show up um a lot of the guys that i do shows with it's kind of the same format like if if i do georgia shooting connection it completely revolves around reloading (laughs) um we did actually do um and it ended up turning into nine episodes i didn't know how deep that was gonna get but we we what we came up with this idea we're gonna do a show called reloading for beginners so we're gonna start them right out the gate you know buy a book read the manual uh this is what you want to get your first press this is and Mm -hmm. but it ended up like turning into nine episodes and it, it was a great time i had i had guys that were on that panel that nine weeks that have been reloading for 40 years plus and i learned a lot but it was getting away from what i normally like to do because i like to try to have a different topic every week like Mm -hmm. we, one, one week I interviewed the guys from lead and steel. They were getting ready to come out with their own red dot. They, they designed it from the ground up. And in fact, it just, I think came available Sunday actually. Um, so I got, I got those guys on to talk about the red dot. And then the next week, you know, we, we talked to some USPSA shooters and then the next week we might talk to a reloader. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm always trying to mix it up. And I also like bringing other YouTube channels on, um that might have lower subscriber counts just to try to you know channels that i enjoy watching and i want other people to find them so they can enjoy it too so i do a lot of different stuff with the channel yeah with the, well with the live stream
0: yeah because that was pretty cool a couple of weeks ago you did the the one about nationals you know with keith and tanfo timmy jake and uh and josh so that was really cool that was a longer one but then i yeah, then i, had I to.
1: I was so excited about that show and it, it turned out great. We were, we were actually supposed to get Lockwood on, mm-hmm. um, and then right at the last minute, um, you know, cause he's a, he's a cop in California and he had some mandatory meeting he had to go to. And, um, but I've talked to him since then. He goes, I'd really still like to come on and do the show one night. So maybe, you know, I'll be able to get him on one of these Wednesday nights and mm-hmm. talk
0: to him. Yeah. That's definitely gotta be hard for you. Cause we're East coasters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember at the time I recorded with uh Amy Abbott and Jason uh not at the same time, but Amy Abbott or uh Amy five five six and Jason Woods of uh, Targets USA. That that was like the longest day ever because I had to do it at the right time for them, which was probably like ten o'clock my time anyway. <laughs> yeah, so and that's I get I get grief from a lot of my. I used to start my
1: show at eight Eastern, mm-hmm. and i my co-host is in Oregon, so he's three hours behind me, so that's why we had to bump it to nine o'clock because he was trying to rush home and get online with me live. And you know it's five o'clock there. He's mm-hmm. getting off work at like four thirty and having to rush home. so that was why we bumped it one hour ahead was to make it easier for him,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. You got to make it easier on them, but, but it it is what it is. Right. We all live on the internet now, so it's kind of easier to flex your schedule, especially with you being a business owner. You really don't care when you go to work. Right. (laughs) Like, right. Sometimes (laughs) it's like, Oh, like, all right, employee, you handle this job. I got to go do a thing, (laughs) Yeah. which has got to be nice. It's got to be nice to be flexible, especially at your age. You know, you own your business, you know, you're not stuck doing that nine to five, like punching the clock, you know, right. You punch the clock in other ways. Yeah. Well Chris I've got a couple more questions and then we're going to wrap this puppy up because it's it's been a really fun time actually I've really enjoyed this. But um so growing up or no not even that. So as you started this YouTube journey who have been some of your biggest mentors as you've progressed.
1: Uh I started out you know like everybody else on YouTube you you we all start out watching the big big channels first you know. We don't Type in something looking for the specific gun. So um, now the funny thing is, I don't watch a lot of the big channels now because of now the fact that I'm friends with a lot of these guys with smaller channels. But um, I would have to say probably my biggest inspiration for YouTube to get into it was was Honest Outlaw. Like mm-hmm. I I loved his channel. He was just this gruff guy walking out into his backyard on his private range, and you know if if he hates the gun he's cussing it the whole time and you know Mm. so he was kind of a big influence for me to get uh you know and you know we all would love to have eight hundred and fifty thousand
0: subscribers or whatever he's up to now right or be able to shoot across the street like oh i'm just gonna shoot the steel plate from across the road yeah yeah like ding like what like I mean, he lives down in the middle of like, what, Oklahoma or so. I, I guess I don't know where he's he in now.
1: Iowa, Iowa. Um, but they just bought a new property somewhere they're building on. So he's I think he's going to have like an 800 yard range now at this new this new property that he's bought. But I think I, I know they're leaving. I don't think they're staying in Iowa, though.
0: Well, that's cool. I mean, it's kind of cool because, yeah, you see people progress. Right. They, they just keep going and going. That's kind of cool. I don't know. my. I remember, ew, I, do you remember nothing Fancy? Yeah. I mean, I used to watch him religiously back in the day. Now I don't even like, I, it's not even on my radar. <laughs> yeah. And that's the way it is for me now. I mean,
1: I've become personal friends with so many of these YouTubers. And uh, you only got so much time in the day to sit down and try to watch everybody's content. And I, so I try to break up like the live streams that I can't catch live. I listen to those at work while I'm driving the truck, you know, when I'm in and out of the truck running parts and heading from one job site to the next, I'll, that's Mm -hmm. when I try to get caught up on my live shows. That's when I listen to all your shows is during, during the day at work. And then, but at night,
0: like I'm Mm -hmm. laying in bed and I'm trying to get caught up on the content that my buddies have created. So Mm -hmm. I will Um, say this. I very, very rarely watch firearms content. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just how it my uh, my well. Besides the fact that now you can watch YouTube Shorts on your phone, and you're just scrolling through it like TikTok and shit, and you're just yeah. like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean, I blame it lately. It's been a lot of Game of Thrones stuff because House of the Dragon came out. Oh yeah, and oh, so it's...
1: I I finally got to watch last Sunday
0: night episode last night. That was uh, I, wild. I'm a, I'm a couple episodes behind All because right, H HBO kind of cut my subscription for some well because at&t was paying for my subscription but then i cut my tv services so i thought that i was double booked with my phone coverage and my tv So like oh cancel the tv because i wasn't watching it hardly and then there's like no nope. it's like fuck i'm not paying 15 dollars a month right now i'll wait till the season's over and then watch the rest of them yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah so i mean i gotta watch that but yeah that's cool um i guess oh there we go so you did mention a couple of them earlier, but I do want to make sure we get uh, pay them their respects and make help them pay the bills, as I call it, uh, of your sponsors for your channel.
1: Oh yeah, so um, my two main sponsors are Monstrum Tactical and Core Essentials, um, and then um, ADE would ADE Advanced Optics is another big one. Um, Tandem Cross uh, helps me out with some stuff here and there, and uh, and then I've just got a list of you know affiliates that i work with but yeah my my main sponsors that i i like to give a shout out to are Monstrum core and ADE.
0: well that's awesome and yeah without them it kind of it makes things easier when you have a little bit of the support which is kind of cool but yeah so that's awesome guys so go check out those companies because uh you know they help us so that's kind of awesome and uh chris where can they make sure to find all of your good content at um yeah you
1: find me on youtube chris from the 740 and chris from the 740 on instagram and i uh thanks a lot for having me on this is this is a good time i enjoyed this
0: no problem it was fun for me i mean we had fun we had a great conversation and and they get to listen to it and enjoy it too like they were here drinking with us because that's kind of like how it goes But like Chris, like I said, thank you for coming on. This has been a blast. And listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Manny Talk Shooting. Until next time, get out and do the things, and I will see you on the next one.